This is Transistor.fm. Good morning, product people. Well, at least this morning here. It's Thursday morning, and that means it's time for another episode of the show. My name is Justin Jackson. Now, first, I need your help. People don't know that the show is back. I took a break back in October, and people still think the show is offline. Want to help me out? If you could go to iTunes, search for product people, and give me a review, that would be superb. Also, if you're listening on Stitcher, give me a review there, too. And while you're at it, just share the show with friends. Share it on Twitter, share it on email, forward it to them, write it down on a piece of paper, pass it to them at a restaurant. Uh, The more people that hear about the show, the more people that enjoy the show, the more likely it is that we can keep the show going. So I'm back home in beautiful British Columbia. Let me tell you, if you're looking for a good way to rejuvenate your energy, your passion, and your focus, take some time away from technology. I just got back from a seven-day trip to a remote ranch in Alberta, and there was no internet. I had very little cell reception, and I feel amazing. It feels like my creative juices have been replenished. So if you haven't already booked yourself some time away this summer, do it now. This week's guest is Ryan Hoover. Ryan started a site called ProductHunt.com that recently, in the last three weeks or month, has exploded. He was interviewed on Fox News. He was interviewed on This Week in Startups. All the tech press loves him, TechCrunch, all that. And just today, he announced that he's joining Y Combinator. I actually recorded this episode five months ago, January 24th. 2014 before Product Hunt got huge. And I thought it would be interesting to revisit that conversation. See what Ryan was thinking back then while he's in the early phases of building this site. You dig it? I can dig it. Let's get into it. Here's a song from a band I'll be seeing this weekend going to the Armstrong Heavy Metal Festival. This is striker I'm drinking uh, Okanagan Spring Winter Ale. Nice. It's a local beer in a terrible can. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of like it. I'm, really? In my mind, I'm going, wow, that looks terrible, but at the same time, it's unique. It's different. It looks, to me, it looks like a cheap beer that you'd get at, um, uh, in Canada, it's going to be different, but like some, some no-name beer that you'd like find a somewhere. Walgreens or something, or 7-Eleven, yeah. I don't know. But it's I mean, a local beer, and when you... Like the what's the local beer in uh, San Francisco? Is that Pabst? I you know I don't know beer honestly. I'm from the Northwest, which they're big into like uh, from like Eugene, Portland, Oregon area. They're big into microbrews, and I know nothing about it. So yeah, 
I don't know what's local here. <laughs> like Ninkasi, those huge in Eugene. Um, it's pretty popular now. I don't know if any microbrew fans out there, but um, what's it called? Ninkasi. Ninkasi. Yeah, it's super hoppy. Generally, uh, not into hoppy beers myself, so it's not my out. not my thing. Perfect. Okay, people are saying saying they see videos, so let's get started. Hey, it's Justin Jackson here, and I am with Ryan Hoover. How's it going, Ryan? Hey, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, too. Uh, and today we're going to chat about Ryan's new project, uh, a project he co-created called ProductHunt.co, uh, and it's been getting a lot of traction. It had a really, uh, I'd say, a really good launch. A lot of people heard about it. So here it is right here, and you can think about it like uh, Reddit or Hacker News for discovering products. And so you can submit a product uh, like Lyle has here, and then people can vote it up. And so this one here is... Good morning, product people. Well, at least this morning here, it's Thursday morning, and that means it's time for another episode of the show. My name is Justin Jackson. Now, first, I need your help. People don't know that the show is back. I took a break back in October, and people still think the show is offline. Want to help me out? If you could go to iTunes, search for product people, and give me a review, that would be superb. Also, if you're listening on Stitcher, give me a review there, too. And while you're at it, just share the show with friends. Share it on Twitter. Share it on email. Forward it to them. Write it down on a piece of paper. Pass it to them at a restaurant. Uh, the more people that hear about the show, the more people that enjoy the show, the more likely it is that we can keep the show going. So I'm back home in beautiful British Columbia. Let me tell you, if you're looking for a good way to rejuvenate your energy, your passion, and your focus take some time away from technology. I just got back from a seven-day trip to a remote ranch in Alberta, and there was no internet. I had very little cell reception, and I feel amazing. It feels like my creative juices have been replenished. So if you haven't already booked yourself some time away this summer, do it now. This week's guest is Ryan Hoover. Ryan started a site called ProductHunt.com that recently, in the last three weeks or month, has exploded. He was interviewed on Fox News. He was interviewed on This Week in Startups. All the tech press loves him, TechCrunch, all that. And just today, he announced that he's joining Y Combinator. I actually recorded this episode five months ago, January 24th. 2014 before Product Hunt got huge. And I thought it would be interesting to revisit that conversation. See what Ryan was thinking back then while he's in the early phases of building this site. You dig it? I can dig it. Let's get into it. Here's a song from a band I'll be seeing this weekend going to the Armstrong Heavy Metal Festival. This is striker Hey 
drinking uh, Okanagan Spring Winter Ale. Nice. It's a local beer in a terrible can. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of like it. I'm, really? In my mind, I'm going, wow, that looks terrible, but at the same time, it's unique. It's different. It looks, to me, it looks like a cheap beer that you'd get at, um, uh, in Canada, it's going to be different, but like some, some no-name beer that you'd like find somewhere. Walgreens or something, or 7-Eleven, yeah. I don't know. But it's a local beer, and when you, like the, what's the local beer in uh, San Francisco? Is that Pabst? I, you know, I don't know beer, honestly. I'm from the Northwest, which they're big into, like, uh, from, like, Eugene, Portland, Oregon area. They're big into microbrews, and I know nothing about it, so. Yeah. I don't know what's local here. <laughs> like, Ninkasi, though, is huge in Eugene. Um, it's pretty popular now. I don't know if any microbrew fans out there, but. Um, what's it called? Ninkasi. Ninkasi. Yeah, it's super hoppy, generally. I'm uh, not into hoppy beers myself, so. Not my, not my thing. Perfect. Okay, people are saying saying they see videos, so let's get started. Hey, it's Justin Jackson here, and I am with Ryan Hoover. How's it going, Ryan? Hey, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, too. Uh, and today we're going to chat about Ryan's new project, uh, a project he co-created called ProductHunt.co. Uh, and it's been getting a lot of traction. It had a really, uh, I'd say, a really good launch. A lot of people heard about it. So here it is right here. And you can think about it like uh, Reddit or Hacker News for discovering products. And so you can submit a product uh, like Lyle has here. And then people can vote it up. And so this one here is Beats Music. So you can click over and see what the, the product that he submitted. And then you can also interact uh, here in comments. And uh, you, I think you authorize through Twitter. And so uh, you can at mention people with whatever their Twitter handle would be and have a conversation. Really slick, actually. And, and that's something we're going to get into a little bit later is how did they get such a great working design and product right out of the, right out of the gate? Uh, now i got to figure out how to go back. Here we go. So, uh, Ryan, before we get into things, let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get into products in the first place? Yeah. So, let's see where I start. Um, so, I won't go back too far, but I've always been somewhat entrepreneurial, um, kind of as a child, working on different things from creating little joke books and selling them at my dad's video game store to uh, operating like a little gumball machine. So, I've always had kind of that entrepreneurial kind of spirit, and my dad has been an entrepreneur all his life, uh, running different businesses and starting companies. Um, but my introduction to startups and technology was actually in college at an internship. So I, in college, applied for an internship at a video game company in Eugene, and it was the only video game company, I think, maybe one of two, and got a role as an unpaid marketing intern for a while there, and eventually landed a job right after college, uh, thankfully. So worked on paid for four months. It was a great experience. Learned a lot. Um, got a job, and then from marketing, I eventually fell into product. And partly that was due to the fact that I was reporting to the VP of product. And uh, over time, he noticed I was continually kind of naturally migrating to kind of a product role in terms of the things I was uh, uh, attracted to. So I'd suggest new product features or ways we can improve the product more so than I was like contributing on the marketing side. So. Yeah, he threw me into the fire as uh, product manager. I'd 
no idea what I was doing. Um, and actually, I've said this many times before, but I, I didn't know what a product manager was six months before I became one, which is, I don't know if that's embarrassing or not, but it's the truth. Uh, and so just learn along the way. And, you know, I, I was a terrible product manager, like in hindsight, which is a good thing. You know, if you look back that far, you should hopefully be embarrassed, um, as one of my friends says. Uh, so moved into product from there, and uh, after that company failed, I moved to Playhaven to San Francisco a little over three years ago and ran product there for a while um, as the only product manager for the first year and a half, and then we've grown the company since then. Right on. That uh, There's a couple things I would love to get into there. Like your dad had a video game store? Yeah, I know. Pretty sweet, huh? It's uh, <laughs> That's the dream. I know, I know. My routine oftentimes would be wake up in the morning, bike ride to the store, uh, play video games, go across the street, get Pizza Hut, and come back and play more video games. And So <laughs> that was Man. a lot of my childhood. It was great. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so let's get into Product Hunt now. Uh, what is Product Hunt? We, we talked a little bit about it, but what is it, and how did you come up with the idea? And then tell us maybe how you validated that this was going to be a good idea. Yeah, so I, I love talking about products. I love products in general, and as kind of a product person, I also enjoy learning about how people are creating products, and um, not only from like a entertainment perspective, but I like to look at an application like Snapchat, for example, and and kind of dissect and understand like why did they choose this design or why does it do this? Um, and finding and discovering more products is a good way to do that. So, you know, it all started where it was one morning and, and I'd had this idea in my mind of uh, a place to discuss and discover new products. Like oftentimes when I meet entrepreneurs or when I talk with the people in the industry, it's the conversation leads to like, what cool apps are you finding, or what cool products have you found? What's in your home screen? And so it becomes really a conversation piece. And I wanted to take that offline conversation and interaction and bring it onto an online space. There's no community or destination that I've found specifically for products. So it was one morning, and uh, I heard of a service called Linky Dink. Were you familiar with it, Justin? No, not until you told me about it. Okay. Uh, but I remember you sending me just as a background. Ryan sent me this email and said, hey, it was something like, hey, let's like share the cool products we're finding. Mm -hmm. And there's this little Chrome extension uh, called Linky Dink. Let me see if I can, you probably can't see this, but I don't even know if it's worth sh showing here. Uh, but up here in the, you'll see in my browser, there's this little Chrome extension called Linky Dink. And literally, like, you click it, and oh, I'm not logged in right now, but it allows you to capture kind of like the URL that you're on right now, and then it kind of goes into a list, kind of like Product Hunt, basically. Yeah, exactly. So I knew about this product. It, it's from the guys at Makeshift. They launched it maybe three or four months ago. It's a fairly new, simple product, and I describe it as like a collaborative email list. So what I did is I knew about this product, this LinkedIn product, and I created the group, I named it Product Hunt, was the first name that came to mind, and I invited you and maybe like 20 or 30 or so other entrepreneurs, founders, investors, and said, hey, let's, I want to create this thing, I like discovering new products, I know you like products, um, go ahead and just submit new products that you find to this list. And people started submitting, and each night they would send out a new uh, digest of all the products that were submitted, and 
then I posted it on Quib and I tweeted it out once, just a link to subscribe. And what was most encouraging, well, first off, about 170 or so people uh, subscribed within the first week, um, despite not actually trying to market it. And that was encouraging. But what was more encouraging was the feedback I started getting from people. So I was actually at a Quib uh, dinner once and um, uh, Jamie from Redpoint like mentioned, oh, that product hunt thing is really cool. And he was one of many people that either emailed me or in person said, hey, that product thing is, is awesome. I look forward to emails every night. And it was at that point where I was like, okay, I'm not the only person that likes this. Clearly other people do. Um, and it was at that point that I decided, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's an actual product here. Um, yeah. So, and, and so, like, at that point, like you said, wow, like, okay, people are into this. They're talking about it. I'm getting some, some signal back. Mm-hmm. What did you do then? Like, what do you do once you say, okay, I've got people kind of like this, but what do you, how do you take it to the next step? Yeah. So, yeah, it was at that point. So I'm, I'm not a technical uh, founder or person. Uh, I can do some front-end stuff, but anything back-end I have no experience in. So my first approach instinct was to reach out to some of my friends, my technical friends, and ask them what they would recommend I use to build it in. Uh, so I was considering, like, Ruby on Rails, something that I was uh, actually – leaning towards was Telescope, which is Sasha Grief's uh, uh, application, which is a super simple way to build something like a kind of Hacker News type of Reddit type of product. That was That's exactly what I was imagining. Linky Dink was good, but it had no feedback. It had no way for the community to kind of like surface what was the best. So I really wanted to build, you know, not reinvent the wheel, but just create some sort of Hacker News type of uh, community for products. So Telescope was something I was considering and I reached out to a few people. One of them was Nathan Bashaw, who's a friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for a little over a year, maybe, and we've been friends. And um, this was right before Thanksgiving, actually. So he responded and said, hey, I have some time before Thanksgiving. Why don't we work on this together? I can bang this out real quick. And so, of course, I said, hell yeah, let's do this. This would be awesome. And literally in about four or five days or so, he built the first version. Um, Nathan's one of those uh, super talented guys, really quick, product-minded, designer, developer, and so on. And uh, he's built these type of products before, so it wasn't he wasn't doing anything new that he hasn't already done before, which is why he could build it so quickly. Wow. And, and so what did he end up building it in? Uh, Ruby on Rails. So he built it in Ruby on Rails. Was there an existing framework or some gems that you guys used? or? You know, I haven't even talked to him about that. I... I'm sure he reused a lot of the things that he's been using in the past. He's built, um, uh, he built Dash, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with General Assembly's Dash product. Um, that's one of his most recent products, but many others in the past. And uh, similar kind of social community type sites uh, using Ruby on Rails. So um, I'm sure he reused a lot of the same stuff that he's been familiar with. Yeah. And did you guys work together? Like, were you? co-located in the same place, or was it virtual? How, how did you guys uh, collaborate? So he was back at home, actually, during Thanksgiving, so it was, uh, I don't think we, I can't remember if we ever met up before then, um, or at least right after that email. I don't think we did. Uh, it was all through phone call, primarily, and we collaborated with just super, super simple uh, kind of idea of what the scope of V1 would be. Um, we both kind of created our own idea of like wireframes of what it would look like, and we were both pretty much in line. We had a little bit of differences, which is good uh, to come to a final like product. Um, but it was a lot of just phone calls, you know. It's uh, it wasn't. It was we we're trying to keep it super super basic, and 
we already knew what attracted people with the LinkedIn product to an extent, so we didn't want to create anything drastically different from that. Yeah, and were, were you guys like talking every day? Like, were you on the phone the whole time? Like four days—that's not very long. Uh, yeah. What were? You, how did that work? Like, what was the workflow? Uh, it wasn't too formal. I mean, I'm, I don't even remember if we talked every day. I think we did mostly. It was a lot of IMing as well, talking on the phone and IMing. Um, both him and I had time off, you know, during Thanksgiving, and I was also back at my parents' place. So he would, uh, a lot of it was upfront, um, kind of getting on the same page of what the product would look like and what the features would be. And then it was uh, ongoing, like, changes. Like, he would send the first version, which had, okay, here's a post, and there's no comments, there's nothing. And it's like, I would provide feedback, and, you know, we're pretty much in line. So due to the fact that the product is so simple, it didn't require a whole lot of back and forth after the initial kind of design process. Yeah. And, and let's get into the nitty-gritty of, like, this partnership, because it, it kind of sounds like he said, hey, I, I could help you build this, and you said, yeah, sure. But, like, what, like, did you guys discuss anything future? Like, did you guys sign any legal stuff? How did you guys decide who's going to pay for, like, servers and all that stuff? How did you figure yeah. that out? Yeah. Uh, so I trust Nathan a lot, and we've not signed any agreements, frankly. Um, we, we're both going to be splitting the server costs and everything, but we haven't even bothered telling each other what we each owe. For example, I'm setting up, like, I have MailChimp, like, somewhere on a credit card. He has... Heroku on a credit card somewhere. So it's kind of a mess, and, you know, probably not the, the best way of going about something like this, but, um, you know, I, I fully trust Nathan. He trusts me, um, and we'll work out those details later on shortly. Um, yeah. right how, now, how did you know you could trust him? Ah, good question. Um, maybe naively I just did. I mean, I've known him for a little over a year, and he's one of those, um, I don't know, I feel like I can, I can read people pretty well, and I wouldn't trust... Nathan as much as I would someone who I just met a month ago, of course. Um, but he's an honest guy and uh, has morals and everything. So, um, yeah, who knows? I might might bite those words later. No, I, I, I trust them. I mean, we're both, uh, we're both, we both complement each other's skills in many ways, too. So he needs me, I need him in many ways. Yeah. Well, the cool part is that uh, I love that Jason Fried quote where he says, inspiration is perishable. And you guys were inspired, and you jumped on it. And, uh, I mean, of course, there could be mess. There, there's probably going to be mess all along. But the cool part is that you jumped on that inspiration and then just kind of wrote it out, like, four days, yeah. and you got a lot done. Yeah, yeah. And speed is, uh, and Nathan, I think, would even argue this even more so than myself, but speed is uh, kind of like a culture something that he wants to emphasize in general. Whatever he does, he's one about speed. So, you know, you might not make the best decision, but uh, making a decision quickly is better than stagnating. And, you know, we could have spent a lot more time talking to, you know, users and, and trying to figure out what a better design of the product could be, but sometimes it's just better to get something out there that might not be as good, but something that you can touch and feel and get feedback on. Yeah, well, get it out and then have real people using it. Yeah. Instead of that's the thing I find that the, the the gap like the longer you push out real people using it, the more you're just guessing, and yep. that is so dangerous. Anyone that's ever built anything knows that if this gets far out and then you finally deliver something, that feedback that people give you is like, oh well, we might as well be back at square you know one or two. 
Yeah, yeah. I need to keep reminding myself because I we have like kind of a roadmap of things and ideas in our head that I'm super confident that will make the product better. But I also need to keep reminding myself that that actually might not be the best thing um, ultimately. Like depending on where the community and the product evolves and how people respond to it, I can't predict the future. So. Um, yeah. There's always a level of confidence, and there's some things I'm very confident about, some things less so. Yeah. The the other interesting thing about Product Hunt is it's a community, which is a little bit different. Like, building a community is different than building a, a traditional product. Mm -hmm. uh, how has that worked for you? So how did you, like, get people to know about it? How did you get them to care? How did you get them to sign up? Like, how's that worked? Yeah. Yeah, so um, basically our marketing strategy has been email. Uh, Pretty much. So my email, outbound email has been going through the roof because that's what I've been using to kind of see the community in many ways. Um, so maybe I'll backtrack a little bit. When we first built it, uh, when it first launched, we had the first version after Thanksgiving or shortly around that time. Uh, we re-invited the same contributors that we're using LinkedIn, and I think we had maybe 30 up to 40 or so for a seven-day period of time. And and I emailed them, Nathan emailed his contacts, these entrepreneurs, founders, people that were into products, and gave them a link, said, check it out, log in, give us your feedback, please don't share it publicly, and we intentionally kept it quiet. So we had about 40 people, I think it may have grown up to 50 or 60 by the end of that week as we started bringing a few more people on, and we just slowly let the, the uh, these early adopters, these early, early community members kind of be a part of the process. So not only invited them, but we during that period showed them wireframes and also got feedback of new features and updates that we'll be adding to the product and that's for two reasons one to get feedback before building something but two also to make the feel part of the process and and, and realistically and really they were part of the process and how the product and community be formed so that was a really good way to like create a good foundation of a community and it was after that first week that uh, you know we then did kind of a public launch and do you want me to go into uh, beyond that, or? Yeah, well, and specifically, because you said email, how did you get those email addresses? Where did they come from? Yeah, yeah. So Product Hunt wouldn't exist as it is today, or at least not as successful as it is today, if Nathan and I did this nine months ago. Certainly not. So, frankly, Product Hunt is something that um, has only been feasible because of kind of the network I've built over the past year or so. And a lot of the, that's been due to blogging and um, some other products I've done, like Startup Edition. Um, so I've been able to at least create some level of reputation or at least connection with these people uh, that would allow them to be willing to even listen to my email and be interested in a product like this. So um, a lot of those, those first people were just connections, people I talked to on Twitter, through email, people I know in person, in real life, and... Uh, that's the best way to start the community is like friends and people that are like-minded. Yeah, so um, here's Ryan's blog right here. Um, and you've, you've actually probably seen Ryan's work all over the place. He's written on Pando Daily. Uh, I, see, I always see you getting published places. Um, and then here's Startup Edition, which is the... Uh, it's basically uh, a, a newsletter and blog where all these folks uh, contribute a weekly post, uh, not everybody all at once, but there's, you know, a question, how did you launch your startup? And then um, here's the email that goes out. So did you, 
did you send like did you promote uh, product hunt through startup edition? I didn't initially. I think it it may have been the third or fourth week that it had launched that I eventually used that audience, which isn't huge. It's uh, right now it's like thirty five hundred subscribers or so on startup edition. Um, so that that's very small. Um, that didn't help a whole lot in terms of user acquisition, and the entire purpose or goal was really to bring product-minded people, people we knew would be good contributors, good community members initially, and then from there, uh, once we kind of exhausted those people inside of our direct network, get those people to invite their friends, because communities are always more fun with your friends anyway. Um, it's a lot more fun when you know you have three of your close friends that are also product-minded using the same service, so that was a good way to expand the community with high-quality contributors. Um, and we did that simply by just emailing uh, people saying, hey, uh, do you know like a few other community members that are, you know, would be valuable to Product Hunt that would like this? And for some people, I would just include, if you're interested, if, if you know of anyone, here's like two-sentence intro. You can copy and paste this, send it to them. If you want to introduce them to me, and uh, I'll connect. Just to make it really easy for people to do that, because I don't know about you, but when people ask for introductions, it's like, okay, now i got to, think of how to introduce somebody, I think of the copy for that, and um, people just appreciate that easy copy and paste kind of approach. Yeah, so when you say this wouldn't have been possible without email, what you mean is you were sending out direct emails one-to-one -to, -one to just everyone you could think of that might be interested and might help spread the word. Yep, yep, exactly. I I could have used ToutApp and I could have, I guess, saved a little time, but for me, I like that personal touch. The, the personal touch matters a lot, and I also don't want to. I guess I, it's not about manipulation. It's really about being genuine. And um, and in those emails, like I would have some some sort of a template to an extent of like here's a description of what Product Hunt is. I don't need to reinvent that every single email, but I would include something relevant to them, or maybe our last interaction, or something that uh, is more personal to each of those contributors. Yeah. And and how many emails do you think you sent out? Oh, I don't know. I I, I should check after this. Um, my guess is in the past three months, from the previous three months, my email has gone up like at least five x, if not ten x. So, so a lot of email. And <laughs> and and how many how many users do you have right now? We have uh, almost five thousand subscribers. Um, so these are subscribers or people that are authenticated on Twitter using the service. 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're growing between 80 and 150 new subscribers a day on the weekdays. So. Wow. And th so, like, you, just so we get the full picture of this, you send out a bunch of personal emails saying, hey, this is what I'm working on. I hope you like it. If you know some other people that would like it, check it out. And then... That from that group, let's say it's hundreds of people, you've grown to five thousand. Yeah. So there's definitely yeah. There's some things. Um, there's some other things that we've done as well. Um, first, our current focus is is not necessarily growth or user acquisition. It it's still retention and engagement. Are people sticking around? Are they coming back? So that's our core focus. Uh, and then some user growth has been also important to make sure that you know there's some momentum continuing. Uh, some of the other things that we've done is. Uh, some of it has been guest blogging, and actually the first kind of announcement was on Pando Daily. We did a, a launch on Pando, and actually I, I emailed Carmel, who's a reporter there, and I had met her once before, 
I'd written for Panda Daily maybe four or five times. So I had, um, they knew me, and uh, I emailed her and told her about the project and said, hey, would you, you know, want to write about this? This would be maybe a good story. We met up, did an interview. She wrote about it. A couple days later, it published, and that was like our coming out kind of announcement. And, you know, it didn't drive like a ton of traffic. It, it did decent. Um, Give us like, an idea. Like what, how many views do you think it drove? Uh, I should try to remember how many. Um, it might have been only like 1,000 to 1,500 like unique visitors. So not a ton, but uh, the purpose of that was not to get users primarily. The purpose was to show people that it's real, that Product Hunt is an actual product. Mm-hmm. And it was more to get the community excited than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And so keep tell, keep talking. What's the story? Because we want to know the magic between getting 100 initial users and getting 5,000 users. What what yeah. happens in between there? Yeah, so there's actually, so I'll share something that um, I think I may have included in a post before, but something that you guys can think about in any kind of strategy like this is before, the night before we had the Panda post, I emailed, me and Nathan emailed maybe a combination of 100 people, maybe 80 people, um, that were early contributors, early adopters of Product Hunt, and told them that, hey, tomorrow we're having our big public announcement. It's going to be on Pando. Just want to let you know. And again, that was two reasons. One, to make them like kind of part of the process, give them the inside track, inside scoop on what we're doing. And then after that, when the actual post was released, we followed up on the email thread and linked them to that, that conversation, to that post. And... People, again, people like to kind of be a part of the behind-the-scenes um, process that goes on behind, and they also want to read that article, so it's valuable for them, and in turn, they share that. So that Pando post was the second or third most popular post that day for Pando, um, is what Carmel told me, and frankly, a lot of that was driven just because we emailed all of these people, all these contributors, and told them that it was happening, and they shared it. Wow. Wow, okay, so... You're, you're helping people feel included, all that stuff. So did the growth come from people just feeling like they had ownership over Product Hunt and sharing it with their friends? Is that where it came from? That's part of it, yeah. I, I wish I knew the exact numbers, but part of it is literal direct email uh, recruiting. Some of it is press, and then some of it is word of mouth. So we've been, I haven't actually measured this, but we've been getting a lot of like tweets and emails, but a lot of people on Twitter talking about Product Hunt and sharing it and saying, I use this every single day. This is replacing Hacker News. Um, I'm addicted. Uh, we have dozens and dozens of those tweets every single week. And yeah. So people like it and they're sharing it. And so we're getting some organic word of mouth from that. Yeah. I, I shared one product on there, and I think I got like 50 at mentions on Twitter. I could not oh. believe how many people were sharing that I've never sure. seen anything like that. Where which product was it? Do you remember? Uh, Good Warp. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, here I can show it. This is uh, by our friend Valon. He's a JFDI member. Let me put it on the screen here. This is his product here, and um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like I just thought, um, I thought, okay, I'm gonna like I'm trying to help Valon out, and I thought yeah. I'm gonna post this on there, so goodwerp.com, and first of all, there was like tons and tons of people sharing it, and then there was actually people in the comments engaging, mm-hmm. uh, which even like, so you've got a lot of users, but I was surprised at how much interaction there was 
on that one post. It, it like the whole thing really surprised me. Yeah, yeah. What we've been doing, what what, so sometimes there's very little conversation. Sometimes there's a, a wealth of it, and the most popular comments and discussions are when the founders come in and they start discussing and doing a Q&A and an AMA, really. Yeah. And that's something that we've encouraged a lot. Uh, I personally love talking directly with a founder in person and on Product Hunt to understand more about their product and decisions they, they came across and, and other things like that. Um, and I think I think that was good. I think I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Who was it? Uh, uh, Valon was the was the Valon. founder. Was yeah, I don't. I can't remember if he jumped in the comments or not, but um, I think somebody from Good Work did. Cool, and and so do you think that's leading some of the, like, is that is that helping drive growth? Is that people are actually sharing this on Twitter? Because there's a little bit of a viral thing built into this product, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's. Uh, that's definitely led to some of the growth is when founders see that their product is on Product Hunt, oftentimes they don't know about Product Hunt and someone shares it and then either someone directly says, hey, your product is on Product Hunt, check this out, or they see someone tweet about it and oftentimes founders are monitoring their their uh, company names and their product names. That's when it pulls them in there. And of course they're incentivized to jump in the comments, they're incentivized to get other people to upvote which in turn people have to log in, they have to give us their email address to log, to upvote. And that's also part of the, the acquisition is people, of course, like to, they want to be on the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's becoming increasingly important, of course, as our community grows. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Well, um, in some ways, like, our relationship is funny to me because <laughs> you're in San Francisco and I'm here in Vernon and BC, um, and we connected, I think, because you invited me to be a part, I think you invited me to be a part of Startup Edition or something. Yeah, might have been, I think I had been following your podcast product people before that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. just amazing to me that you reached out, and then, because I would have never known, known who you were, but there was, and there's probably a few, like, connection points along the way, but mm -hmm. I think that's interesting that you, uh, you've you clearly built relationships with a lot of people uh, in a fairly short amount of time. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with how kind of inclusive you are, uh, what you mentioned in terms of uh, doing a lot of little little small things to help people out. Uh, yeah. People really do notice, and uh, I think you're a great example of that. If, uh, if people aren't trying to look at ways to... To uh, especially if you're an introvert, uh, looking for ways that you can connect and network, uh, Ryan would be a great guy to reach out to. Um, you can find him on Twitter at it's rr hoover, right? Mm -hmm. yep. rr hoover on the web at ryanhoover.me. Definitely check out startupedition.com. Also check out producthunt.co. Anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, no, this is fun. Thanks for the invite and um, yeah, this kind of stuff. So you know, I love awesome. It. So you might hear this on uh, Product People sometime in the future. Sweet. Cool, man. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. See ya. So that's it for this week, man. That was interesting to listen to that back. Just now, 
you know, that, that conversation happened five months ago and to see where Ryan and Product Hunt are now. Um, like I said, he's just joined Y Combinator. There's a lot of uh, kind of people thinking about how Product Hunt could make money. Uh, and one of the things is that it seems to have attracted a lot of venture capitalists and people that want to fund startups and discover products that they could invest in. So there might be some business opportunities there. Anyway, you guys got to follow Ryan R.R. Hoover on Twitter. While you're at Twitter, you can follow me at M.I. Justin. That's the letter M, the letter I, and Justin. You can follow the show as well at Product People TV. And like I said, if you want to help the show out, go to iTunes, search for Product People, give us an honest review there, and share the show with your friends. Tell them the show's not dead. It's alive. Okay, I'll see you next week, Thursday, here on Product People. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.